COVID-19 is affecting the world, there are a lot of uncertainties for the immediate future. How will the pandemic affect the economy, businesses, and individuals in such changeable times? In this episode of Influx, Gary Hertzberg talks to Flaxman's attorneys about how businesses can best face the threat of shutting down. I'm Gary Hertzberg, and this is Cliff Central. My guest today is attorney Colin Strime. He's an insolvency and business rescue specialist and joint chief executive of prestigious law firm Fluxman's Attorneys. Colin has been rated all over the place, but in particular, the Business Day wrote, rated him as a top attorney in South Africa. We're very uh, fortunate to have Colin in studio with us today. Welcome to you and thank you for joining us. Thank you, Gary. Thank you for the invite and the opportunity. So uh, governments across the world are going all out to protect businesses that are forced to close shop during these very tough times. For example, I read that France has promised that no French company, whatever its size, will be allowed to collapse. Marvelous. Well, they've got the money. The French government will guarantee hundreds of billions worth of loans. They're going to delay tax payments. They're going to suspend rent and utility bills for smaller firms, and not only France. I mean, if you read, if you get onto the net, you'll see that most effective countries throughout Europe and Australia and U.S. have pledged billions to help out businesses. Now, what about us, poor souls in South Africa? Is our government coming to the party? Well, maybe that's the wrong choice of phrase. But the question is, how far will our government or can our government go in saving our companies from going belly up? Here we go. This is what I've read. Government, South African government has announced that it is planning to help small businesses during the corona outbreak. So this is how it's going to work. Those businesses seeking assistance, and if you're listening up, please make a note of this, can register on the SMME South African portal, www.smme.southafrica.gov.za. How much and how quickly cash can be injected into these suffering businesses remains to be seen, especially in our weak economy. And that's a serious concern. I, I really hope, and I think we all hope, that deserved companies get their hands on the money and that corrupt and dishonest claimants keep their dirty paws away from this cash. Yeah, well, no, fine. Time will tell, as I said. Now, the question to you, Colin, as a specialist in insolvency in the insolvency and business rescue area, do you think the government can bail out businesses or do you foresee you becoming a billionaire because uh, there's going to be a dramatic spike in your insolvency practice? Gary, um I think we're living in novel times, and um, I think we can tear up the rule books. So, yes, I think to answer your question, it's going to not be government alone. I don't think government has enough cash to solve every company's financial problems that they're going to encounter as a result of uh, not only the recession around the world and the bad economic times that we're going through, but also the corona the uh, fallout of the coronavirus. I think it's going to have to be a combination of government, banks, business, landlords. I think everybody's going to have to, to use your words, come to the party yeah. and assist because cash is going to dry up. You can see uh, with businesses closing, there will be no income, no revenue for the periods that they're closed. And um, how do you pay your expenses? How do you pay your salaries? How do you pay your rents? How do you pay your salary, your directors? So, Cash will dry up, and how do we all then get through this crisis together? 
um, everyone has to then somehow come to the party. Okay, so let's take things practically. I'm a company director. I come, I knock on your door. I say, Colin, I need your urgent advice. I have a company. We've got five outlets. We were very healthy last week, but I've been forced to close temporarily. Um, we've got no revenue coming in, no income, and it, I, we don't have the cash to pay our rent. As you said, we don't, can't pay our suppliers. We just can't pay anyone nor our employees. What the heck am I going to do and what are my the thousands of other companies going to do in these circumstances? Gary, if there's a business to save and a business to rescue, then I would advise the company to go into business rescue. If it looks like it's too late and there's no business to rescue, then, of course, liquidation is, is the only alternative and only solution. Um, so we're looking at healthy businesses and we're looking at businesses that have been affected by coronavirus and, as you say, have closed uh, Everybody's gone home and work and working from home, but it isn't enough to bring in cash to cover the expenses. So the company is then financially distressed by definition, and business rescue essentially is a way of rescuing a financially distressed company. Would you advise me to go and see my creditors immediately, phone them up and say, listen, guys, you know the position. I can't pay you. Landlord, I can't pay you. Um, you just hold out. Uh, is is that a good idea for me to do as a company direct? I really want practical advice. Here. I'm just, I just don't know where to turn. Mm. You're the man. Is that the <laughs> answer? It's not the answer. Why? Because then you know it, it depends how aggressive the creditor is, and it depends how aggressive the landlord is. They could construe that as an act of insolvency, and then bring an application for liquidation. Um, it, there's no harm in speaking to creditors, and it's. The creditors who I think need the most attention in times of shortages of cash. But you need a breathing space. And what a business rescue does is it gives you a moratorium. It stops those creditors or aggressive creditors who want to try and liquidate you or bring uh, realization applications in respect to their security against you. It stops all of that. You mean, Colin, if I approach my creditors um, without business rescue, and I get one bastard who says I'm not supporting you. I'm I'm gonna. I want my money. I need the money. The whole the whole re- arrangement facility I'm trying to set up falls away because because one guy's turned against me. That means probably the only relief that will get me somewhere is the business rescue. Exactly. Yeah. Um, Gary, one creditor can do that. Um, it's easy to liquidate a company. It's easier to liquidate a company than to sequestrate an individual. Yeah. There are many hurdles to get over in sequestrating an individual. But with a company, all you need to show is that the company is unable to pay its debts. And as soon as you establish that, whether it's deemed under certain provision of the act or it's actual because you can't pay, that creditor is entitled to bring an application for your liquidation. So if you have a business, mm. it's suffering from cash or liquidity difficulties, or it's becoming insolvent in the next six months, or it's going to run out of cash in the next six months, then business rescue is set up for you. What it's happens perfect. to my staff? That's my biggest concern. I've great staff, been with, been with me for years, loyal, caring. What happens on business rescue to them? You remain employed. It's much better than a liquidation from an employee perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, in a liquidation, on date of Provisional liquidation, employees' contracts are suspended, and if they aren't hired by the liquidator thereafter, after a certain period of time, their contracts are automatically terminated. Whereas in rescue, 
the employees are elevated to a higher level of protection. They're given preference when it comes to the payout. Um, Their monies that are due to them during rescue are treated as post-commencement finance, and in fact they are ranked before any other post-commencement creditor. Are they ranked before SARS as a matter of interest? They are. SARS in rescue is a concurrent creditor, mm-hmm. whereas in a liquidation, SARS are preference. This is marvelous. Yes. This is great, Colin. So I love what you're saying. So my staff, who I really want to protect, and myself, my own salary, which I'm desperate for to pay my own bond, is kind of safeguarded uh, during a rescue in a way? Is yes. The, it's the, we have the first bite of the apple? Is the that? employees are elevated to a preference and they are well looked after in rescue, whereas in liquidation, they are not. What about the landlord? He's threatening, he's got a landlord's hyperthick and all the rest. He's going to come and hop all the machines and all that. What happens on business rescue with the landlord? What we've done in the past, and I did this with Stutterfords and a few other large groups. You were, you, you, you were involved in that? Yes, entire saga, yes right? we advised the board. We put Stutterfords into rescue and we ran the whole process. Mm-hmm. Um, what you, we did is we made sure that we paid during rescue our rental mm-hmm. and we paid our employees. And we had enough cash with which to buy products for cash or to buy products on consignment Mm. and make sure we could trade over the period. So we have a view. The view is during rescue, you try and pay your landlord and you try and pay all your employees. And if you're trading, you buy your products either on consignment, your raw materials on consignment, or you buy them on a extended term but with some kind of security what about my suppliers they my lifeblood i'm a manufacturer they supply me wood does their existing account get kind of stayed if i can use that blocked and then if i continue buying from them and they say to me good we'll supply you it's on a cash basis so everything gets blocked really and they can't no one can sue me my company is that is that really so absolutely and and you can't blame a creditor so the creditor's debt up to date of rescue gets frozen and it's those creditors whose claims are usually compromised mm-hmm. in rescue when you try and render the company solvent yes. uh, through the process so they are frozen at date of rescue and those creditors are the ones who will vote on whether the plan comes through or not mm-hmm. um then if you want to trade and you have to trade to keep that business going, whether you're going to build it up and sell it as a as a going concern or something, then over that period you have to pay cash because no one will supply you. In fact, there's a new concept that developed uh, in rescue. It's called cash before delivery. And a lot of the suppliers say, put cash in my bank account mm-hmm. and then I'll supply you. I don't even want cash on delivery. Mm-hmm. So Makes sense. if yeah. you've got sources of revenue available to you during rescue, which can come from a bank, it can come from the shareholders, um, it could be from suppliers who have an interest, someone who wants to invest in the company, the various sources that you can approach to get this kind of capital, then you would use it very cleverly. You'd pay the essentials to make sure that the business can survive, the essentials being, let's say, your landlord, because if you get evicted from your premises, over rescue, then there's really there's no business you can save. So you preserve the landlord, you preserve the main suppliers, you look after them, you preserve the employees, the management who are key. And if you can look after those and you come up with a solution during that process, um, then you can rescue the business and hopefully you can bring it out as a solvent business at the end of the day on some basis. Well, really, the only reason that we cannot pay is because of the coronavirus issue. Mm. Otherwise, the business has been trading along happily and for years. Everyone makes a good living and our supplies yeah. get paid. It's only because of this, and that's why we're here with you today, 
So you are saying that if you're really concerned that you know you're going to be in serious trouble, just block everything, freeze it through business rescue, and then try and hop along as best you can until things kind of pan out. And we don't know how long it'll be. If you have a business yeah. and it's yeah. a good business, and the coronavirus has affected you, mm. and if you can get through this bad period mm. and have a good business at the end of the day. I think business rescue is ideal for you. It really is. Yeah. Um, what happens to um, utilities, uh, electricity? Does that get terminated? I, I, generally, I mean, uh, well, that's what, where, we don't know yeah, what ESCOM is going to do. And, um, my experience with rescue, and I'm busy with a few at the moment. Yes. I mean, we just completed one with a foundry in Pretoria. Mm-hmm. And one of the reasons they went into rescue is because of the high escalating costs of electricity to run the foundry. Mm-hmm. Um, we found that the supplier, the utility supplier, was very accommodating, oh, really? supply the electricity over the period, mm. and uh, they're going to be one of the creditors who are going to get uh, haircut it, or paid at the end of the day unless there's some stuff. Yeah, what's the American term? <laughs> yeah, when like uh, you pay a creditor less, the creditor takes a haircut. Yeah. So, yes, I find utilities are going to be accommodating. I think during this period, and let me say, this is again, novel to all of us, mm. um, and if everybody comes to the party, the utility suppliers, the landlords, the banks, um, it makes the job of the rescue practitioner much easier as well. So there's a, a number of levels and playing fields that we're all going to have to play in going My forward. My biggest concern as a company director is I've signed down surety for the bank and I've signed for my, you know, for the company to the landlord. What happens to my sureties during uh, business rescue? They are enforceable. Yes. And, well, let's go back to it. Yeah. Basics. You look at the wording of the suretyship, and if you're a co-principal debtor and you're liable jointly and severally with Which the company, main, mainly all of them say exactly. That. Yeah. Then, um, unless some creditor is stupid enough to fall into a trap in a business rescue plan where he, he takes a full and final settlement of what's owed by the debtor, and that would bind the surety as well. Unless that happens, which is very seldom, mm-hmm. um, if ever, um, you are liable on your suretyship. Do, do that practically? Do you think that a creditor would sue me? The landlord, if whilst under business rescue, as a as, on my surety ship, or would he say, "Well, look, this guy's trying. Let me just see how yeah. it goes." This, you've got three years. You've got prescription that only yeah. starts in three years' time. So. It's all up to the creditor, yeah. as I say. How aggressive is the creditor? Certainly, yeah. the creditor is entitled to do so. Mm-hmm. Whether in this coronavirus economy and uh, stresses we have he's going to do so yeah. i don't know it depends on uh, i suppose his levels of morality and uh, whether he himself is in Empathy, trouble yeah. um, yeah. imagine himself in trouble as well yeah. uh, let's well, say a large why. landlord and all his yeah. retailers are folding left right yeah. and center no money coming in um does he have a choice then he will go for his sureties if there's there's uh, assets there mm. so it all depends on the individual let's compare this to insolvency that that horrible word uh, compare insolvency to business rescue in these circumstances for us. Well, insolvency is the end of the day, essentially. Mm. Um, there's no chance of rescue in the company. Mm. And um, what a liquidator would do is then he would realize the assets. And in a market like this, uh, where it's flooded, imagine you're going to be flooded with auction sales mm. um, and buyers who will be coming in paying really one bottom dollar for everything – um, it's not desirable. And the other disadvantage of a liquidation is it's a supervised process. It's under the government department called the Master of the High Court, mm-hmm. which we all know at the moment is corrupt, inept. There's a lot of problems there. There are investigations ongoing. Um, to get them to do anything these days is very difficult. Um, I don't want to generalize. There are some masters who are 
very hard working and try and do their best. But generally speaking, it's hard to get things done. So it's all supervised. Whereas in rescue, remember, there's two types of rescue by definition. And uh, the, our Supreme Court of Appeals has recognized both as a rescue. The first is the classic rescue that I've given you, where you take a financially distressed company and you put in a supervisor, a business rescue practitioner. You get a moratorium, which gives you that uh, breathing space to go and put together a plan. And then you put together a plan. Uh, the Act then says, by definition, if that is not possible then you can sell effectively the business or the assets as long as you pay a higher return to creditors than they would have got on liquidation. That's the only hurdle you have to get over. So there are two accepted forms of rescue. Now, the latter is a unsupervised liquidation. It forces the business rescue practitioner to either sell the business as a going concern or just sell the assets, but you're not held up, you're not slowed down, you're allowed the room of and and the breathing space of a motorium to allow you to achieve better prices to find buyers and to get a better return for creditors i know that our courts are kind of closed at the moment and you cannot issue any process unless it's urgent mm. something like that yeah. uh, it's closed to the public it's closed to us attorneys yes um we, we can't get in yeah. uh, that's the way it is to if somebody wants to uh, bring the business rescue does it? Uh, how's the closure of the courts going to okay. affect all this? Gary, there's two types of rescues. There's a voluntary rescue, and there's the call it for want of a better word, compulsory rescue. Mm. Now, the voluntary is very easy to achieve, and you don't need the courts. Mm. A director sits down, calls his board, and if they find out that they are financially d- distressed by definition, they take a vote then on whether they should put the company to rescue or not. And if they pass a resolution putting the company to rescue, it is effectively in rescue. All you have to do then is file the resolution and a few other statutory records with the CRPC, that's the company's office, the company registrar. And with the effect from the date you file it, the company is in rescue. So mm. it's very easy to achieve. Mm. It's with very little formality. Whereas the other, which I've termed, for want of a better word, the compulsory, that's bought by an affected person, by definition, mm. who is a shareholder. Or a creditor. Or, or a creditor, or an employee, mm. or a union. Yes. And they then apply to court, and they have to show the courts, one, is that the company is financially distressed, and two, that there's a reasonable prospect of rescue in the company, which is quite a, a difficult task, but not an impossible task to achieve. The company could oppose it if they wanted to. So that's the party on the compulsory who would struggle to get their papers issued under present circumstances with the court shut down. Is there a shame or a stigma attached to going into a business rescue? I mean, does it affect my creditability, not credibility, creditability for the future? Will they say this company directors, you know, his company went belly up kind of thing? And yeah. how does we we advise a lot of boards and a mm. lot of boards of large companies and uh, that's a very commonly asked question. Mm. I think in the current climate, there shouldn't be any stigma. I think everyone's expecting um, a lot of companies who ordinarily, but for the coronavirus and all these lockdowns and everything else, not to go into rescue, uh, people are expecting that they're going to find this type of company is going to go into rescue because, as you say, no cash, uh, no pay creditors and no pay mm. creditors, decisions have to be made and extreme decisions have to be made. So the decisions to be made under these circumstances are rescue versus liquidation. And um, that's it. Colin Strime, your, your colleagues, your friends, your connections – 
you meet with them all the time. They say, Carl, we don't know how we're going to get through this. Uh, we just um, – they shouldn't – they're not alone in this one. I mean, there's millions of us that are going through this. Uh, don't don't feel alone. Sit with someone like Colin and, and you know, he'll, you'll help you th- – you'll You'll help them through this. So it's not the biggest lie awake at night scenario. There is an answer to this. I, be, I believe that sincerely. I think you do too. Yeah. Gary, there will be an answer. Mm. And uh, what it is, where it's going to end, I don't know. I don't think mm. anybody knows. And how it's going to end, I don't think anybody knows. Yeah. Um, what we do know is we're going to face a lot of distressed people, individuals, and distressed companies. And um, that is what the directors and good directors will have to deal with. And we advise boards all the time. Mm -hmm. Now, if I'm consulted by a board this afternoon or tomorrow, um, my advice is as follows. You've got to become informed. You've got to take diligent steps to become informed as to what the problem is. Mm -hmm. So is it a liquidity problem? Is it an insolvency problem? Is it both? What is the problem? And how do you become informed? Well, this is all dealt with in the New Companies Act. So I'm really giving you a high-level summary of what a director should be doing at this yeah, point yeah, in time. It's, important. it's in Section 76. And 76 says, become informed. Mm-hmm. Call on your committees. Call on the people you trust and people who are credible around you mm-hmm. to advise you and inform you. Mm-hmm. And then you must make a rational decision which you believe and continue to believe is still in the best interest of the company. Yeah. And within that Seeking of the information The act allows you to consult Experts, go and see legal Counsel, Mm. go and see Accountants, go and see business rescue Practitioners, go and see the experts Who will advise you And this takes away a lot of the responsibility That would ordinarily vest on a Director's shoulder and render him Personally liable at the end of the day if he's trading Recklessly or fraudulently That's a concern So my advice is go and see the experts Mm. Do it sooner rather than later Because mm. if you leave it too late Your choice is left It's a bit like seeing a lump growing somewhere Just don't, don't neglect it And don't worry about it Just go and see someone It may be benign uh, But there is an answer to it Colin Strym of Fluxman's It's been a great discussion I, we, There's so much we could talk about But uh, we, have, we just want to get this message out quickly We can develop it as time goes on Appreciate uh, you making the time here. Good luck to you. Gary, thank you once again for the opportunity.